and thank you and preparing our hopes for this beautiful third in a series, Miriam leading our pack, which I just love. So welcome Miriam and welcome Francois. Hi Padre. Hi everybody. You excited, Miriam? Yeah. And, you know, nervous, always, always the good flow of energy. <laughs> well, you did all the preparing with your heart, with your mind. I am sure there's a package that God wants you to deliver tonight. So looking forward to your, your series, of course. Francois, how you been? I've been doing great. The phone is calling from Chicago, Illinois right now. Is that you? <laughs> hey. Right now, as we're speaking. I've been doing great. I mean, I've been praying for Miriam so that uh, the God, our Lord, it just it works through Miriam and blesses us all. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear you, Miriam. Yes, me too. There's a, an excitement with this series, and I believe lives are being changed because of it. Not because we're, I mean, we're just an instrument in God's hands, as each of you are. But as we enter into this place, tonight we're going to do a communion service at the end. So if you have your elements ready. You have about 45 minutes to get off your butt and get in the kitchen and get your wine and <laughs> crackers or bread. And we're going to break bread together as we close tonight. So I'm excited. I think last week as Francois speaking, he took us deeper on his journey than what we most know of Francois, just knowing the courage that he had of just keep following God, keep following faith. And Miriam's going to follow that up never really lost. Sometimes we feel we are lost, but we really aren't because we're really in the hands of the divine. And as Marin, Miriam will be speaking on that tonight, so looking forward to her presentation. But as your spiritual shepherd, I would love to pray for the opening of this. For me, prayers about that communion with. So if you want to place your hand on your heart as a point of contact, we will go deeper tonight into thy presence, O Lord. And I say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Father, release your ministering angels and saints and sages and the cloud of witnesses. Father, let your glory be manifested in Miriam's talk, in her speaking, in the pausing, in the crying, in the opening up of our hearts. May your glorious presence fill not only our inner temple, but our homes and our workplace now. Come, Spirit of Christ. We invoke the holy name of Yeshua, our Blessed Mother Mary, Saint Padre Pio, Padre Ranroth, Saint Teresa of Lisieux, Saint Francis, Saint Ignatius. Just come, holy beings of light as we reflect on your love, your embrace, your kindness, but most of all, your mercy and your healing. May thy will be done in all our lives. For this we celebrate you, Jesus. Amen. All right, the door is open. Let's give Miriam a celebration. Hey, Miriam. Take it away. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. The divine adventure that I have been on this year is been one of a lived experience. And so this has been a really 
interesting way for me to explore. I've been guided to write as this is a way for me to connect into stillness and to the mystery. And so it's been really humbling because I sit with the questions in me and the curiosities that I have and the teachings I read until awarenesses become lived or pieces of awarenesses become lived. And I have a deeper knowing of what, what is being taught or what is being asked. So it's, it's been a very internal process, but it's also been a very connected process where I've had a lot of helpers, guides and angels and other beings like putting in information and helping me find different jewels. And it's definitely been showing me a lot about what it means to just be and, and how to, to be in for me. So I find it fascinating that the symbol or the mudra for enlightenment is the hand touching the ground. Mm. Uh, me, I see enlightenment as beingness. There's no self. It's experiencing eternity. And so the symbol itself of the hand touching the ground is saying, I commit to be. It's I commit to be in a 3D designed world, in a body, right here, right now. Mm. I commit to be a living expression of truth. It's not saying I commit to do, it's saying I commit to be. And I keep being reminded that this is something that we can do every day. We can place our hand to the ground and say, I commit to be. And each of us are going to have to find our own way of how we anchor in beingness and what that means for us. But once we do find a way that helps us, then we can really relax and let go. And every day we can let go of something that is stuck in us, maybe a confusion or an irritation or a fear or a denial or a pleasure or a desiring. And this is actually what helps us remember we are never lost. Because as we grow and awaken, we can really know that there's never a time that we're lost. So this is a great quote I love from Lao Tzu. To attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom, remove things every day. And this is really the path of growth and the path of enlightenment and the path of beingness. So I absolutely love this image because for me, this is how I experience and how I tap into the space of nothingness and the, the expansiveness. It's what it means to be for me. And like sometimes I physically need to actually go into that space, whether it's sitting in a chair or laying on the ground. Actually, I did it before this call. I went and laid on the ground and just allowed myself to be, to rest, and to really experience that spaciousness, that, that place that everything exists. And this is not something that the mind can really understand. It is only accessible through lived experience. When I tap into this, it's a way that I can become that which I intended to be, not from my mind, but from my spirit, from the heart of all that is. And so it's such a healing space and a reminder because the grasping is the mind and the beingness is the floating. So if I think too much or I try to figure things out or I need to understand or 
seek answers or for the right timing, I sink. But if I let go, I float. I'm carried by grace, fully supported, fully held, fully taken care of. And then I'm really able to say thank you to all that arises in my life. And so I encourage you to sit with this yourself and really ask yourself, what does it mean to be for you? How do you access that space? How do you become a lived expression of beingness every day? So there, in my writings, I've been writing almost every day. I had two writings that came pretty early on in the start of me doing this process. And both of them, I kind of read and I was like, oh, that's interesting or nice. And then as I started to sit with it and really integrate it, I was like, whoa, these are profound. These are really deep. This takes me to a different level. And there's a lot of opportunity for transformation. So this is the first one that came to me. Life is like a blossoming orchid, abundantly beautiful and precisely timed. All you can do is sit patiently and witness each petal unfold. Anything else is a trap. There is a lot in this one. And I'll explain a bit more of how I integrated this and it became a lived experience for me as I share a healing experience at the end of this talk. But there's this really got me to sit with what is beauty? What, what is right timing? What is the flow of grace in my life? What does it mean to step outside the mind? And what does patience mean? So I sat with all of those different points and had different writings for each of those different things that came through. So this is the other writing that came in. Alone does not exist. We are like holes dug in the sand at a beach. There's always water reaching out to smooth the gaps. Otherwise, the dryness would make us crumble. So this phrase, alone does not exist, that took me weeks to finally integrate a piece of that. And I'm still anchoring it in. It's truly profound and truly huge. You know, I mean, just think about it for a minute. What would your life be like if you 100% knew you are not alone? How would you relate to yourself? How would you relate to others? Truthfully, like when I sit with that, I really think I mostly understand it with my mind and a little part of me understands it is a lived experience. Because if I truly live that way in every moment, I wouldn't have fear. I wouldn't have worry. I wouldn't have doubt. I wouldn't have insecurities. I wouldn't be caught in the mind as much. I mean, they might arise, but I wouldn't be caught in it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So it's a pretty profound and huge reality that we exist in. It really means that we have to really accept all of who we are and that we have access to everything in any moment because we're accessing a space that's much bigger than us. And this is why all the saints, well, not all, but a lot of saints could bilocate and 
teleport and fly and do all these interesting things is because they wholeheartedly believed they were not alone. That there was a space that they were tapping into that was so much bigger than the mind could comprehend, so much vaster than the mind can understand. And really, they believe we are eternal beings. As if we believe that we are not alone, we believe that we're not, we're eternal. So it's, it's really a deep exploration. And I've also, in this exploration, come to realize that there's a real deep false program ingrained in our society that gets us to believe that our goodness is dependent upon an action or a merit. And, you know, I definitely took this program on for my family conditioning, you know, telling me that I was, I had to be perfect in order to be loved. But the reality is that our goodness has nothing to do with anyone. You are inherently good and wonderfully made, and that is entirely because you are not alone. You do not exist on your own. And this is such a gift and a blessing in our lives. It's something that we can be thankful for and gracious about in every single moment. But what happens, though, is the worry or doubt creeps in. And gets us to believe otherwise. And it gets us to believe that we are alone, that that we're lost, or that something is wrong. And really, this is going to keep happening until the mind is not the strong driver, doesn't exist as forefront. And so I'm going to share a little clip from preacher David Pawson. Anyways, I want to just say that this is a, a video by preacher Lawson, and he is talking about one of the predominant things that Jesus talked about on Sermon of the Mount. And when he uses the word Christian, I really take that to be anybody who is looking to, to embody Christ consciousness. So you can, you can put in whatever wording works for you. All right, you can. Thank you. Let me take one example from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus forbade In fact, he spent more time on this sin than any other in the Sermon on the Mount. He forbade anybody in the kingdom to worry. And this is why you never see a Christian worried. (laughs) Now, why is it? Why is it that whenever I say that, it's treated as a joke? Because Jesus didn't mean it as a joke. We treat it like that because we are laughing it off. But he said, worry is forbidden in my kingdom because it is a libel on my heavenly father. It is saying, your father in heaven cares more about his animals, his pets and his garden than he does about his kids. He clothes the lilies of the field and he looks after the birds of the air. But me, I'm his child, I have to worry. Now do you see what a libel that is? Why did he spend more time on that than anything else in the Sermon on the Mount? Because he knows how natural it is to worry. It is supernatural not to. Do you understand? What an influence it would be if people said, why is it Christians never worry? In a world that everybody's having to worry about the mortgage and everything else, why is it Christians not worried? Boy, that would be an opener for a testimony, wouldn't it? Why are you never worried? Well, I don't need to. Now, Jesus said that will be light in the world. That you of all people, as things get worse, and they're going to get worse, you're at peace. My father's running this world, and I'm his child. 
and therefore he will see that I always have enough to eat and enough to wear. That's the best welfare state in the world. He will not see that I get everything I want, but everything I need right till my dying day. So we can just take in those words. He will not see that I get everything I want, but everything that I need. So this is a promise that we are given. It's like what the what he was just saying in that video. This is a promise that we all are given. I will take you by the hand and keep you. These aren't just words written. They are a truth that we all experience in every moment. There's always a hand reaching out to you. A place to rest on, to lean on, to support you, to hold you up so you can walk and take steps. And if you tumble, there's a hand to help you back to your feet. Even in the pain and the trauma, there's a hand reaching out to you. You are not alone. You are loved. Breathe that in. See how that hand has been with you throughout your life, holding you, nurturing you. It may not come in the form you wanted, but it was exactly as you needed. You are loved as you are. You are loved as you are. As you recognize the divine hand that shapes and guides your life, your love increases and coincidence becomes miracles. Prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. So we can all just really anchor that in and, and, and take in that truth and allow that to become a lived experience for us in our lives. That we can be open to knowing in every moment, 100%, we are not alone. And we are loved. So now I'm going to invite my co-presenters to share a little bit. So Francois, what in your life has helped you anchor in the knowing that you are loved and not alone? A few years ago, we're getting ready for our fourth, fourth trip to the Casa in Brazil. And with, with FSD, I think CLM was also there at the time. And I was had been very sick and for many years, but on and off. And before the trip, it was really coming to a head. I had lost 20 pounds, was passing out. I couldn't hold my head up at times where else was really bad. It wouldn't hold on my... And so the day before going to Brazil, actually I spent 13 hours in the ER because I had just collapsed. And Dana told Christy, just get him on the plane. 
just get him on the plane. And so the next day we were getting on the plane. I'm not doing well at all. And we're about to board. And they, they noticed that Christie's passport had expired. So I'm alone, or I think I'm alone. And uh, traveling to Brazil, you know, a 27-hour journey. So anyways, I got there and uh, I had to be alone for, for a week. I was in really darkness and I may not have been lost, but I felt lost. It's one of those moments. And a week later, Christy arrives and I get a surgery, you know, a spiritual surgery. And I'm in the room and resting after the surgery. And this Jesus comes in the room as a big, beautiful golden orb, like the entities of the casa. <laughs> and so uh, and Jesus is saying, sit up. So I sit up and put your left hand on your heart. And I put it on my heart. And he said, say, I love you. So I said, I love you. And then he said, say it 54 times. 54? What's that odd number? <laughs> what is that? It's very precise. But then I struggle for the next few days to count one, two, three, four, uh, six, seven. You know, it was hard to count. So for the next three days, I was struggling with that, but I was doing it the best I could. And then Christy comes back from the store, the casa, and said, I was guided to bring you this. And she gives me a rosary. And so I wear it for a couple of days. And I was still struggling with the thing. And Jesus came in back, this golden light, and said, count the beads on the rosary. And I counted them. One, two, three. It was 54 beads. 54. In that moment, I felt comp it was like so magical because I had no idea what 54 was. And I felt so loved. I knew I was healed in that moment. I was loved and, and not alone. But I will say that it was a process. And it took... For a year, I said, you know, 54 times, I love you to my heart. I love you. I love you because I think I had Lyme disease. There was something about lacking self-love. And so in doing so, I said 20,000 times, I love you at least over the course of a year. So I think it was a process for me rather than that moment. There was a moment, but then it was also a practice for me to step into rather than an event. Wonderful. I love that practice. I love you practice and taking that in. So healing and sometimes hard to do, depending on where we are. Yeah. That was great. Very healing. But I came back healed. I got my test on. No more Lyme disease. It, disease, it was gone. And yeah, after that, I was good to go after many years of struggle. So thank you to the entities and God and Jesus. And it's, it's actually like the quote that I just put on from Sri Yama Bhagavan, that the more that you actually recognize the hand of God in your life, your love increases, which then creates miracles in your life. So it's like, you just outlined that whole quote. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Good question. Thank you. Yeah. So Padre, how do you embody or allow yourself to turn a teaching into a lived experience? <laughs> do a lot of crying. <laughs> you know, it's just what I think the honest answer is, do I actually know that this healing's coming? And I don't, but faith tells me to trust in Jesus. Just like if I had the antidote, which to me is being in a position of prayer, communion with God, and just staying positive in life, even when those bad things happen, that there is a way for the Holy Spirit, for God to manifest his or her presence in my life and in each of your lives. So many of our viewers are in pain, be assured God's presence is among us. And the one example, I think it, for me, you talk about transform pain into beauty. And it was more that emotional pain when Ron Roth passed away. 
And I told that story, I don't know if it was last week or the week before about going to communion in Medjugorje and I, my life was a mess. I mean, it was the pits. I've never seen me in such a tizzy before of couldn't connect, couldn't, didn't love. It was just, it wasn't me at all. It was that old self dying. And I didn't know what that was until I received communion. And when the priest put up the host, which we'll be doing tonight, and he said, body of Christ, that host came down and just exploded in a thousand pieces and healed my heart in a moment. And it turned into beauty. And it's like, I feel I can live now from that, from that point on, you know, life has been amazing because I, using the term, I'm never alone. I felt alone because my mentor, Ron Roth, passed away and we walked on this earth for 28 years and I learned so much and seen so many miracles. And so when I had to take over, I say had to, <laughs> when it was gifted me <laughs> to be the leader of celebrating life, I felt so incomplete. But it was that dying process for that seed to rise up. And communion made that for me. That's why I'm a fan of communion because miracles happens in the presence. So, but thank you for sharing that. And so far, you're doing an amazing job, Miriam. I love this. Thank you, Padre. Thank you for sharing. I think you shared a really important point. There's just when maybe somebody leaves or some, a situation is different than what we're used to. And then that feeling of aloneness can come in and that feeling of that, that suddenly it's not flowing in the way that we had hoped it would. And it could couple us and turn us into a dark period or, you know, or help us transform into something completely different. <laughs> I agree. So yeah, thank you. That was, that was wonderful. Thank you both. And actually perfect. Cause I, I wanted to share a healing experience that I have been going through. It's been a very miraculous healing experience that started as soon as Padre asked me to do the series. It was, it's, and took me by surprise. I had no idea what was going on and I just allowed it to kind of unfold. And it's an answer to a prayer that I've had since 2013, when I last saw my mom. And so, you know, and Padre really called it out. I mean, this is, this is how supported we are. We are so supported and held because the first call that we were on Padre in his divine decree was saying heart palpitations. I was experiencing heart palpitations. In the second call, he called out mother daughter relationship healing. And that is exactly what this healing has been for me. So I couldn't have a more detailed experience to explain that we're never really lost. I mean, it was like I was being guided through the divine adventure of this talk in, in so many ways. Coming back to the slide, this is, this is actually how I started to really experience this slide and the, the, the message that's in this wisdom here. It's really God's timing. You know, I, I wanted this healed in me. I mean, it was since 2013 and I really wanted this healed in me, but I, it was such a big event for me. I knew that it was going to take time and I knew it wasn't going to happen right away. And so here we are in this process and it suddenly happens that the, the massive healing starts happening for me. And that was really God's timing. And that's what this is saying. You know, if we get in the, the mind is the trap. So anytime we get into the mind and we think we are creating or doing or acting from, that's the trap. 
that we're in, you know, and it's how do we get out of that trap? How do we allow ourselves to access that much deeper space, that floating for me space that then gets us to let go and just really be. And the other thing with this was that I was able to watch the petals unfold from my past to see the beauty and grace supporting me and loving me. And through the grace of God, unforgiveness, hatred, anger, resentment, all turned into love and beauty. It's like, it's truly a miracle. And it started with the creation of a mosaic. I, I didn't know what I was doing, even as I was creating it. I had no idea the process that I was in. I just knew I was in a process. So my dad's new wife, Gigi, invited us over to their house to do mosaics because that's her favorite art form is to do mosaics. And Ryan and my dad and I have never done it. So this was my first time ever creating a mosaic. I had no idea what the process was like. And she mentioned that there was a bin in the garage that had more materials to choose from. And so I wanted to go see what that was. And so I did, I went in and I saw that the bin was filled with all of my mom's dishes that she used to collect. And in that moment, I had a massive surge of anger move through me. It just, it was like a bubble. It came up, it rose through, and then it popped. And as soon as it popped through, I knew, like I just knew in my being that I was holding on to unforgiveness and that that's what needed to heal. And I knew that God had a plan for me. And so I let go, took my hands off the driver's wheel and just allowed myself to be guided through this process. And so the first thing that I was reminded of was a detail from the last time that I saw my mom. I had made her a birthday cake and put it on a fancy dish, one of the ones that she liked to collect. And in her rage that day, she took the cake, threw it on the ground, and the plate smashed to pieces. And then she got in her car and sped off And after that incident, my mom and I did not talk for a year and a half, and then she suddenly passed. So in this healing process, I was shown that there was some part of me that didn't want to let go of the pain, that really wanted to make my mom wrong for hurting me. And this part was really angry at God. You know, it didn't want to believe that my mom and I couldn't heal and have a real relationship in the physical form in this lifetime. And I did not realize how much unforgiveness I was holding on to. You know, I had unforgiveness to my mom, I had unforgiveness to other family people and God. It was really eye opening. But the thing that is so miraculous is that I would never have guessed that creating a mosaic would have been the way to heal my heart and help me through this trauma. And this is the beauty and grace of God's divine perfection and his, and God's divine adventure that we all, if we accept this adventure, we get guided in so many ways we don't know. So the first step for creating a mosaic is to, if they're not already broken, break piece, break the material into pieces. So I took my mom's old dishes and smash them with a hammer. And this was really a healing experience for me. It symbolized me breaking free of the stuckness in me 
of letting go of all the negativity of the pain, anything that I was holding on to, I was just releasing it. And it allowed me to actually accept that there was anger and hurt and just let it go. You know, it was just, it was a great opportunity for me to just fully release. And so once the pieces, once you break up the pieces, the, the plates and things, you're left with a bunch of pieces like this. And this is exactly what God was healing in me. This is the brokenness that God was helping me put back together in wholeness and heal in me. So the next phase is to kind of organize it by color or pattern or whatever. At least that's what I did. Not everyone does that. And this really represented gathering the lessons learned and the insights and bringing the healing into my heart and restoring my body. It was a beginning phase to bring the light through in all the areas that needed to be restored in me. And then comes gluing the pieces down. So you your pattern and then you glue the piece down. And this is the most tedious step that requires patience. And at one point, as I was actually creating the mosaic, I said, I just want this done. And I'm laughing at myself. I laugh at my humanness around this, right? Because I just wanted the healing done. I just wanted it complete. I didn't want to go through all the pieces and look at everything I needed to release and own. (laughs) I just wanted it all packaged nice. (laughs) And so, so this process was actually a really important process in the creation of the mosaic because it really weeded out any last resentments, any last pieces of stuckness that I had in me. It was just truly like letting it, like smoothing it all out so that I could really be open and really receive and allow the healing to move in. So this is what mine looked like, just glued down. And so this is the final piece. This is what the mosaic ended up looking like. And so the final step is grouting. And the grouting itself represents an anchoring in of newness. It is like declaring, I am transformed. I am healed. And honestly, like every time I look at this, I'm in awe. Like it just, it is amazing to me that this is what was ended up being created. So from my mom's old dishes, I was able to transform the unforgiveness, the hurt, the hatred in me to something that is beautiful and useful. And when I look at this, it represents my journey in life and it brings a peace and a settledness into me because I know I'm not alone. And I know that the mystery or the space of nothingness or the expansive field is the best healing bomb in my life and my most trusted friend. And so this is an amazing anchor a visual anchor that I have to help me know that this process, this divine adventure, this existence in this world is real and that we are taken care of at every single moment, no matter how painful and no matter how hard and traumatic an experience is, there's always a way to transform it into something beautiful. And so Ultimately, what I learned is how to turn the oi, they, into oh, yay. (laughs) Um, I have a Jewish lineage, so I figured I I got that little phrase and it just made me laugh. So yay, right? 
Yay for God. Yay for healing. Yay for transformation and enlightenment. Yay to being held in our lives and to bringing that in into all that we are. And so thank you for letting me share this healing testimony because it's still, I'm still processing. There's still pieces moving through, but it, I can't like, I can't tell you how much has shifted in these two months since doing, being part of this um, series. I used to have like a hook that I was hanging myself on, getting caught on. And there's no hook now, really. There's truly no hook. There's still obviously things to work through, but it's, I feel, I feel so much more relieved in my heart, which is amazing. So I invite us all to take in that yay for yourself, you know, anchor that in. We're going to start switching gears to to head into our communion and healing part of this call for Zoom. And as we start going into that space, just really anchor in for however it works for you, that yay, you know, that yes, the yes to the divine adventure, the yes to what life brings us, the yes to what is, and then anchor that in even more and bring the aliveness through so that we can really receive today and, and heal and let go of the stuckness, whatever is in us that needs to be healed. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for always giving us exactly what we need. And thank you for holding our hands. It's such a blessing. Thank you. Yes, and amen. There's a power in words that can transform us. And as Marion was talking about her experience with her mom, that power of forgiveness, you know, when that bubble came up, that experience came up, she knew she had to let go. And it's the how, that's the big mystery, but she offered it up to the universe and says, help me with this. I need help. And each of us can, are maybe in that situation tonight as we walk in communion together. Miriam says we don't walk alone. Alone doesn't exist because we're here as a family. And if you can catch that healing principle tonight, that embrace is ready for you. Just desiring to, that hand that comes down from heaven, it's going to touch your heart tonight. The ground that you sit on tonight, it's all about being presence with God. And it's, a, it's exciting. I love the, I love Miriam's talk. I love the creation. You are the potter, I am the clay. And she was making her mosaic. So the symbolism that's in here, what are the broken pieces in your life? You know, I think the Japanese, there's a term for them when they have broken vases, they put gold in it and it just becomes much more expensive and treasured. And it's like, yes, that's how your life can be tonight. Let the gold of heaven just mend whatever needs to be mended in your life. But we have to be open to that beautiful expression of God's love and mercy. And it's available here tonight for all of us. So as we enter in communion, Francois, what would be something on your heart that we'd just like to bless the people before communion? What does communion mean to you? And how do you enter into that space? 
Thank you. Yeah, in France, there is, I don't know how you call it in, uh, in America, but in Catholic process, you do the baptism, then there's the communion. Yeah. And so I remember in preparation for my communion, they taught us that the communion is come un, as one. Mm. That's what communion, as one. That's what it means from the Latin, yeah. I believe, uh, Latin root. And so to me, it is, I love also the communion because it's a, a physical ritual that we can can really be where well, we bridge the intention with something very physical and it is about making my true nature as christ become my reality and when we do it also as a group all together i just feel there's so much power there i love our communions thank you i, I appreciate that i know that i've seen karen on our call tonight she's in japan with her grandbabies so we have people korea. in the world korea, korea. The, the idea of we're meeting, we're here, we're, we're as one as we're on the call, but she's sitting in her hotel room, but it's that connection, that interconnection. And before our communion, I would love to just bring people into that place of release, let go. And in the Christian tradition, we usually pray the Our Father. It's a decree and many, many broken pieces being brought into a whole. So I will lead it. If you know the Our Father, join us. And if you don't know that prayer, just touch your heart and just listen to the words in a sense and see how it resonates with us. But it is about in preparation of letting go and allowing God to bless each one of us. So as, we're, as we connect each in our hearts tonight, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Amen. So as we partake in letting go, forgiving, then God will forgive us. The idea is it starts with us. So as we empty, now we can be filled with that presence, which is representing communion with the host and also the wine. So Reverend Miriam, would you bless us with receiving the bread? You can gather whatever it is that you have as your bread. And let us just take a moment to really anchor in the gifts that we are given in this life to acknowledge all that is available to us in every moment and, and really bring in the yes into our bodies for complete transformation. So this is the mana. This is the healing bomb, the Christ light. And as we consume it, it transforms us. Thank you for the gift of love and forgiveness, for your eternal trust in us, for your eternal trust in us to find our way home. Thank you for everything. And as we break the bread together, let us put ourselves on the altar all of us, the brokenness, the expansiveness, our full being on the altar.
And as we consume, let us hold the intention of transformation for complete restoration and peace. To fully receive, receive, receive. God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus and Mary. Thank you, Buddha. Thank you, Rama. Thank you, light. Amen. Please partake in the bread now. So beautifully said, Miriam's word of that invitation to come near the throne of grace. And as we break, we get to share what we have in our hands. And Jesus did it. He taught the disciples breaking of the bread, then feeding the 5,000 on two, two fishes, five loaves. So whatever's in your hand or better said, what's in your heart, let's open up to that multiplication of God's goodness, God's kindness. It said that when he took the cup, he first looked up to heaven. But remember, because we're never alone. And his father was waiting for him. And he said, Father, help. And then he said, then he blessed the cup, which was filled with water or wine. And he said, he gave it to disciples and said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. And blood represented in the Old Testament, there was the Jewish tradition that they brought a white as snow lamb, blameless, the beautiful one, the the most beautiful one to sacrifice on the altar. And it was because of the shedding of the blood. Once a year, their sins were forgiven. But Jesus, his mission, his purpose was to come here on earth and bridge the gap that Adam and Eve broke the tradition by eating from the forbidden fruit. So the father said, I have a plan. So I'm going to send my son. And Jesus agreed with this but he went to the cross, he died, he shed his blood like the lamb. That's why we call him the lamb of God is because he said I, for, for the forgiveness of sin, your separation that you'll never feel alone with God. And so the blood represents a covenant that God made. I will be your God, you will be my people. So it's in that invitation of that oneness, that awareness of the love of the father, the love of the mother, the love of every human being on this planet. We have that capacity, but this is in his memory. So Jesus says, do it. And I like it in, because it said the apostles did this daily. So we always have to be reminded. The one thing in there, it says, let us not worry. Remember that pastor that taught that? I love that. The scriptures, it says there's 365 fear knots in the Bible for every day of the year. So we need it. We just need to apply that principle. So as we participate in our union, which not separates us, but draws us near to the throne of grace, that love of the father and the mother, as we drink it in, the living waters of refreshment, that your healing can take place in this holy moment because God is real, God is present. So receive the light of Christ, received his mercy, his healing power, that resurrection power that raised Jesus, 
now can raise you out of your illness, your disease. So receive the blessings of our Lord. Please receive the cup. There are so many holy moments, even during this call tonight. You've heard the inkling, the whispers of heaven. And that, my friends, is the calling of the angels, the saints. So as we enter into the closing of this series and also this talk tonight, we'd like to pray for you. We like to offer blessings, healing, reconciliation, whatever the Holy Spirit has on her heart to share with you. I think I'm going to start with Miriam and then also Francois, and then I'll end with a blessing. But just pay attention to the words, but pay attention to your heart because maybe it's not what they say, it's what you hear from the Holy Spirit that will trigger this healing like Miriam's that all of a sudden you can be burden free. You can be set free, whatever's bothering you. So Mir Reverend Miriam, would you please offer prayers for our community? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let that resonate through our whole being as a gong was just sounded. So our whole vibration is aligned to that thank you, to that gratitude. And as we anchor in the gratitude, we open up more fully to love, to peace, to forgiveness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Just beautifully said. How about you, Francois? I just want to thank you, Father, Mother, God, Divine Presence. Just thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for being the, the essence of that which I am. And thank you for being the essence of that which we all are. Thank you for teaching me and reminding me and waking me up to the knowledge that I am one with you, God. That I'm never alone, like Miriam said. I thank you for this. Don't you know, don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that my plan is opening up like that flower, that orchid, mm. that the petals are opening? Don't you know that I will know when to open that next petal and the next one? Don't you know that I know when the time is right for you, for your relationship to come to fruition, for your money to show up? for your new next home to appear. I'm the source of everything you have right now. And so I bless you all in this moment. Just feel the presence. I am in your heart. I'm not over there. I'm not in the computer. I'm everywhere and in the computer and in your heart. Amen. It really resonates about what he has spoken, what he has decreed, as well as Miriam. We got a message this morning from our brother Rick, his 
father who's 96 years old is somewhat transitioning possibly. He fell twice this weekend and he's just, his alertness is not there, you know? So we pray for Rick's father and for whatever the highest good for his health and healing is. We also pray for Kim Myers, who her um, brother Jeff transitioned yesterday. And you might know of someone who has passed. So we pray for their souls. We pray for the family that are left behind. We pray that an encouragement, that grieving that goes on, and it's only because of we love beyond measure, and just allow that healing process to begin. And during Miriam's talk, I heard the Holy Spirit say, tonight it's going to be about mothers and sons, healing the relationships of mothers and sons, and also brothers against brother. God wants to intervene. God wants to be present, which he is. But we just have become aware of letting down our guard and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform and renew and restore because we can't do it on our own. We need God. We need God's presence. So Father, in the name of Jesus, let's just release your healing presence on the, the sons, the mothers, the brother, the brother. Now, in the name of Jesus, just surround them with your agape love. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your healing presence flow. Let your healing presence flow. We pray for all those men and women, ch children on hospice, that they're struggling in life, ending this life, but entering to the new life. So we pray for those souls. Also those who contacted the Delta variants. Come Holy Spirit, bring them safety. Bring them into your presence that they don't feel alone and they've never lost hope and their life will live. They will live, they will live, they will live. Those who are tested by cancer in their bodies, come Holy Spirit. I just command, I curse that disease in the name of Jesus, and I command the healing, especially for David, I command the healing of these healthy cells now to multiply and grow. Come Holy Spirit, let your healing balm let the healing bomb, let the anointing of the Holy Spirit on each person who's listening to this, whatever your Ill, illness is or dis-ease, I just really sense now the heavenly helpers are among you right now. And maybe some of you will physically feel a touch on your body, especially where the pain is or this disease is. There's really an activity of heaven now. I just feel the Father has just released that legion of angels to support you, to heal you, to restore you. And just let the, the love of the Father, the love of Our Lady, Our Blessed Mother, just uh, be present with you. Let the, heal, let the divine romance happen. The divine adventure manifest into your healing, into that reconciliation. Take our hands off, open up our hearts, and give God your yes. Give God your amen, for amen means completed. So I say amen and amen to each of your healings, each of your reconciliations, each of your divine adventures. Like Miriam, it stirred the pot. It just prepared the way for her life to change in this three-week period. The mighty work of the Holy Spirit works. So I bless our spiritual community. I bless our nation. I bless the... Biden-Harris administration, that they too hear the heart of the father, the heart of the mother, 
Thy will be done, O Lord. Come, kingdom of God, be done, be clear. And let each of us, as we rest in God, as we sleep tonight, let the last words on our lips, we thank you, God, for our holy breath, for the air that it breathes in our lungs. And maybe it's that someone have a lung challenge that just really sense the healing of people's lungs right now and their aorta. I just say thank you, God, for healing and cleansing and renewing right now. Sciatic nerves, come Holy Spirit, just loosen the body right now. Loosen that pain, you know. Thank you, God, for your living presence. And anyone who's joblessness, in a week, that's going to change. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for this divine setup. The divine setup for an opportunity of finally getting to serve once again humanity for a brand new job with great benefits. Thank you, God, for your living word made flesh today. And I bless all the caregivers. You know your role. You surrender. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord thy God. And I bless Miriam and also Francois for their giving this last three weeks, for their hearts that are open. We bless their families, their relationships, their workplace. And we bless Julian and Brian and Catherine for their service to our, for us at their homes, that Catherine finds a new home, apartment to live in that will be glorious. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for healing and restoring relationships. I thank you, God, for that spoken word tonight that will manifest into something beautiful in both Brian and Julian's life. So may the good Lord bless and keep you. May his face be shine upon you and be gracious unto you and grant you peace, shalom in all areas of your life. And I bless you as your progre. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of God. We'll see you on the next Zoom, I'm sure. God bless you. Congratulations, Miriam. Great job. Thank you, Padre. Thank you, everybody.